Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the Magician and Dionysus. Today's show will focus on the High Priestess and Hecate. To Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new age wisdom. I'm Biddy, your expert in classics. I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Yay! So uh, today in our show, we're going to focus a lot about the High Priestess. And this is the first card in the tarot. Well, it's actually, okay, so it's number two. It's numbered number two, two in okay. the tarot. Um, and it is the first highly gendered card. Um, so it talks a lot about women and like female energy and uh, the power of the female, if you will. And so I thought it would be a really good time for us to discuss uh, gender fluidity in the tarot because uh, it is very possible for a man to be in, you know, a man who identifies as a man to... Uh, receive the high priestess and have a time in his life where he needs to use her power and become and embody the high priestess, right? Uh, so I would like to talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah. great, and I think that it's good that we're doing it now near the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, there's definitely a lot of cards uh, in the tarot that talk a lot about gender. <laughs> yes, exactly, and I think also because when we've already done this with the fool, like sometimes we'll give a different maybe gender to the store to the natural story if that makes sense yeah and that's okay yeah so, so like I think that's okay, well but. we might refer to like for example last week in the magician mm -hmm. the magician can be male or female it's very gender neutral but we uh, associated the magician with dionysus yeah and dionysus is generally male generally, <laughs> generally yes. even though he might appear effeminate yeah um you know so we wanted to kind of clarify this. Uh, now, I remember, so I remember I was once giving a reading for uh, for a homosexual man who identified as a man, and uh, I started discussing some of these, uh, so I, I think he got the Queen of Pentacles, right? And so I started talking about uh, female energy and, ha and how her influence uh, was affecting him in life, and he said, oh, Rose, I hope this isn't how you view yourself. I hope you're not, uh, you know, not not to say that, you know, the, the Queen of Pentacles is not a, a great way to view yourself personally. But <laughs> uh, anyways, he, he was saying, oh, I hope you're not limiting yourself to uh, what the tarot is telling you a woman should be. And I said, and I, it kind of caught me off guard because mm -hmm. I never, like, actually even thought of it that way. I'd never even considered that the tarot was trying to tell you what a woman should be. Um and this is probably due to, like, maybe some of its Egyptian roots as well, that, like, it is said that the Egyptians very much believed that, uh, that you, uh, any person could possess both a female and a male persona as part of them, and they could kind of go back and forth, and that a healthy person needed to have both female and male within them, uh, but they might project uh, a stronger 
uh, connection with one over the other. Yeah, that's interesting too because that also kind of brings in the yin and yang kind of theory. A little bit, a little yeah. Bit. yeah. Um, but it's interesting that you mentioned like the ancient Egyptians. There is this one pharaoh um, that reminds me of Akhenaten in a lot of his images and his statues and mm-hmm. in some relief carvings. He, whoopsies, he is seen as to have both male and female characteristics. And this is kind of the first time that they're showing this. And mm-hmm. and a lot of people, they or they think that this is because of his association with the sun god Aten and how the sun god is showing fertility. So maybe he has he's a little bit of a pot belly, a little bit, you know, some hips and thighs to kind of show his feminine nature. But that so, might not, so like it's possible that he had the pot belly and the feminine nature as well. But it might also just be possible that they were representing him this way um, as a way of showing that he had, uh, he, he portrayed more of the female energy, if you Exactly, will. yeah. So yeah. I, find, I find it interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one, and also now I'm talking about female energy, <laughs> I would like to clarify that this is not the same kind of energy as like kinetic energy and chemical energy. I'm not talking about like physics energy that makes things go. <laughs> I'm talking about kind of like a spiritual energy that like, you know, in our in our vocabulary we often will interchange the two. Um, but they mean different things. Um, you know, like it, it is possible that, you know, energy, the spiritual energy I'm talking about will make us go, make us uh, understand things and act on that but uh it's not quite the same as like like physics like i'm gonna go roll a ball i'm gonna go measure this ball's kinetic energy and it's Mm -hmm. you know gravitational potential energy (laughs) based off of how high it is on a hill right yeah it's it's, it's different (laughs) so does that that have to do with the gender fluidity you believe you think Uh, as well like the energy like the male and female energies or is that a little different oh yeah so i'm saying like that physics energy is different from what I'm talking about, female energy and male energy. Okay. So, like, female energy and male energy, I'm talking more, like, symbolic feminine qualities and symbolic male qualities. Okay. Um, and generally, like, we've always referred to female as, like, the receptive, quiet, passive yin nature, mm-hmm. and male as the um, like out- aggressive. outgoing, aggressive, yeah, um action-oriented male yang nature right okay. uh so however that does not have anything to do with sex right it does not have anything to do with uh the gender that a person you know associates themselves with and i wanted to like really like you know mark that like in in the tarot we're going to talk about the high priestess and we're going to talk about things that are very like symbolically feminine Mm -hmm. but that do not and we're also going to talk about how powerful it is like we're very like high priestess is very much about the power of yin the power and the strength that she brings for that and how uh, amazing it is but that i wanted to make it clear that this is not what women are like this is not uh this is not what it means to be female okay right because female like all people have both female and male mm-hmm. ideas mm-hmm. about them, yeah. Which uh, you'll see in the card, too, Yeah, I think. <laughs> in this card? Well, I don't know. I, just looking at the, the images, how it has both yeah. of the 
kind of the light and the dark. Maybe I'm maybe also seeing light and dark with male and female. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's possible. Well, like, um, okay, so let's first describe the card. Yes, sorry. So High <laughs> Priestess, I have both the Rider Waite Smith deck and I also have the Celtic Dragon deck. Um, so in in both of these decks, and I think if I look at like a few other images, they all have this um, like white on the right side and dark on the left side, which is also kind of a symbol of yin yang, mm -hmm. uh, and also a symbol of uh, feminine energy being dark and male energy being uh, white. But uh, it's the the high priestess is always pictured in the middle of these two. Oh, that's true. So she is she is on the line between the yin yang. She is on the line that balances uh, both the light and the dark. And um, although she's also usually associated with a moon that is uh, a crescent moon and almost completely dark. It's like a new moon. Maybe. Uh, almost a new or moon. Almost yeah, a new almost moon. a new okay. moon. So she is, uh, I think they can't really show a new moon. Like, I think they probably would if they could, but mm -hmm. it's hard to show a new moon because it's just darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. so like I guess I guess they could put like a, a dark a, a dark circle, but I think it's less iconic than if they put like a crescent. True, um, it's easier to know I guess what they're trying to say by with the crescent. Yeah, so if I were to describe the high priestess a little more, there's a B and a J on the columns, uh, a B on her left and a J on her right, and this is actually kind of a throwback to the magician. <laughs> Um, because yeah. it is, because B is for Boaz and J is for Jochen, which are the bronze and brass pillars that were said to be, um, kind of guarding Solomon's temple. And Solomon was said to be a great magician. So the high priestess is sitting at the gate of Solomon's temple. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of like the, she sits, um, where the magician built his temple uh, she is the one that kind of is uh, the power that has been created there, right? Uh, she is wearing this gown that almost looks like a waterfall rushing over the moon. Um, she is holding a scroll. There, almost every high priestess I've seen, um, except for in the the dragon tarot, actually, <laughs> is holding some sort of book. Um, in this one, she's holding the Torah. Uh, she also has a cross on her chest. And kind of an expression that almost reminds me of Mary, like Mother Mary. Yeah, she looks really serene and mm -hmm. kind of tranquil. Yeah, she's very serene, very tranquil. I think, I think maybe some of uh, some of the same ideas as Mother Mary are within her as well. Uh, and she's she's wearing this large, extravagant headdress that kind of looks like an Egyptian headdress to me. But you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of looks like an Egyptian headdress, but it also, I don't know, the circle in the middle almost reminds me of a moon in a sense, too, but yeah, I don't know. It kind of looks like a full moon. Yeah. Yeah, with like some horns on either side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if they were straight horns, I would say they're horns of consecration. <laughs> but those are, that's a Minoan symbol, but... Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, other things, there. it looks like there's pomegranates beh behind her, mm -hmm. as well as some palm trees. Uh, I think the palm trees probably symbolize um, more, like, peace. But it kind of looks like there's, like, vaginas behind her if you, like, don't really, know, like, focus. Yeah. <laughs> like, the pomegranates kind of look like open vaginas and the palm trees look like closed vaginas. Like Oh, yeah. I just kind of see, like, a bunch of vaginas. 
all around her. <laughs> Which no, it's true, and that's funny. I think pomegranates also represent fertility sometimes. They do, so they're yeah. associated with Persephone, mm-hmm. um, and. And, and yeah with fertility and with which know. which is cool because persephone and hecate kind of go together they definitely do yeah they're companions yeah. uh while persephone's in the underworld um hecate goes and visits her and has fun but <laughs> it's it's interesting like the fertility aspect i don't know to me a pomegranate's always kind of look like an ovary with like just a whole oh, bunch yeah. of eggs yeah. inside. they are kind of like ovaries yeah okay so let's talk a little bit more about what does the high priestess mean then okay. Um, so, like, that's that's kind of, like, actually a difficult question to answer, uh, because the high priestess yeah. means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. She's okay. probably, like, one of the most vastly interpreted cards in the tarot, um, and it's probably because a lot of her meanings are that of mystery and, like, shrouded, okay. like, shrouded wisdom, if you will, like, intuition, subconscious... These are all words that, like, really associate with her. Um, Could it be that she's such, not such a woman, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. do you know, like, that kind of innate nature, in a sense? Could that have something to do with That her innate nature is that of mystery? And yeah. Yes, yeah, for sure. Like, she, she, like, the thing about the high priestess is she normally comes up when you need to be silent. Okay. Um, so she t- she often like talks about say, like you know this is the time for inaction this is the time for gathering your strength a little bit um but of course when you're not talking and you're not acting it's difficult to know what's going on yeah but she is definitely saying you know things are happening they're just not you're just not the instigator of that action she is uh you know not a scholar per se because she she's already very wise you know, it's, oh, okay. she, she's not being silent because she has to listen, although she does listen very well. Um, she's she's being silent because now is just not the time to act. Mm, so she's kind of like next level magician in that sort yeah. of sense. Like yeah, she's like, done her studies. She's yeah played with the elements maybe. So action has already taken place okay. and now she is like, she's, she's very patient. Now is the time where she is... Um, you know, kind of letting things play out, if you will, uh, but also knows that she's like it's kind of like she's already like the spell's already been cast, and now she just needs to mm. wait and see it unfold, right? So she's kind of a a watcher, but also also kind of motherly as well. Like we've mentioned, Mother Mary, uh, and she definitely has a lot of these religious contexts with her, where she. She doesn't necessarily, she's not necessarily one to take action, but she sometimes, things will happen through her. Like, she's kind of like a channel, okay. if you will. Um, so, you know, like Mother Mary, she, uh, she's the one that gave birth to, to Jesus, right? Like, she's, she's the one that, uh, you know, actions happened to her, and, uh, you know, she, she was chosen for her purity, for her, her good spirit, her good nature, um, and also her love of God, right? And the high priestess also has kind of some of these similar love qualities, if you will. Um, you seem like you're Sorry, inspired yes. a bit yeah, by, this, I'm, by I'm, these I'm, ideas. <laughs> I am. I'm listening. And as you're talking, I was thinking of Ra, yeah. the Egyptian god, mostly because of the headdress. So I, I am. Oh, the headdress t- does kind of look a little bit like the sun. Like the sun, yeah. So I was wondering yeah. if. 
there was one like kind of a connection there yeah yeah sorry I'm, I'm oh no no worries <laughs> anyways um so i talked about how she's in the center of the yin and yang oh wow you've just found the I exact found <laughs> the exact headdress that the high priestess has so what's this one called Yay for google okay it says egyptian goddess, goddess of motherhood, motherhood magic and fertility wearing a headdress shaped like a throne with the symbol of the sun god Ra enthroned. Okay, so maybe that's what that even the high looks priestess very has. much it's like it. Very yeah. similar to that. So goddess of motherhood, magic, and fertility. That sounds that sounds about right this for sounds, the high priestess. Yeah. yeah, she's got a lot of this like patience about her and for, like the fertility and strength and power and like power and magic that all comes together uh, with her at the center of it. Um, and yet she's so peaceful yeah she has things so together like everything is happening like if i'm i'm gonna refer a little bit to the dragon tarot and there's a lot of energy in in that card um a lot more energy than the kind of serene tarot writer uh, interpretation what, what do you mean when you're saying energy in this case uh like there's okay so there's like a white dragon and a black dragon it looks like they're kind of like at war with each other okay. a little bit um, her gown is flowing all around her. Her hair is whipping about. Um, and yet she still has this, like, calm inner peace as she holds a ball of light in her right hand and a wand in her left hand. Uh, and she, there's also that same crescent moon on her third eye in this case, uh, which also represents intuition and, um, and the unknown and, like, kind of, uh, I'm going to say a, a second sight, right? Okay. <laughs> like a, yeah. a psychic, intuitive intuitive nature about her uh, and yet she's still at the center of everything and calm and has this calm expression of patience about her uh, whereas in the high priestess of the rider deck she is everything is very calm around her uh, although there are these kind of pillars that she makes it feel very like almost stoic yeah like still stoic. And, and stoic and just exactly calm yeah. in a way yeah so it's slightly different interpretations one is that there's chaos happening around you but you are still at the center of it and mm -hmm. the other one is you know now is the time to kind of now is the time to wait right yeah uh and that things are you know there's still a lot of fertility happening in this card though mm-hmm which are both good messages, I think. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's at the middle of yin and yang. She's at the she's balanced by action and inaction, and uh, she sits at the entranceway of the magician's temple, which I think says everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned that this uh, that this card is Hecate, and I, I think what I know of Hecate is very much I would agree. So let what tell us a bit about Hecate. Yeah, will so you, Vinny? I'll say yeah, I'll say tell you about Hecate. Um, first, I want to mention something. I guess as a prelude that I haven't mentioned yet is that a lot of these gods and I guess a question that I get asked frequently is: Do did the ancient Greeks or Romans actually believe that these gods existed? Like, were yeah. they actually a person in the way that we think of it? Yeah. And what I say is normally no. What how I interpret it is that they like saw the them more, <laughs> yeah, like more almost as like energy and that they're the representation of whatever they are the god of. So say for mm -hmm. Hecate, for instance, she is a representation of, say, the magic in the world or representation of the moon, not necessarily yeah. that she 
and the is in control of them. Maybe she is, but yeah. so I just wanted to kind of mention. So she represents that. the unknown. Yeah, that's good. That, yeah. Well, not yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So other okay. So that was my little prelude. But otherwise, she. So like I said, she is the goddess of known as the goddess of magic or queen of black magic and the patroness of witches, which is, I think, what most people associate her with. Okay, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. and um, also in terms of, um, not in terms of, but she's also known as the goddess of the crossroads on Earth mm-hmm. and of the underworld, which also connects her um, with witches. She's also a goddess of the moon, but the dark side of the moon. So Artemis is the light Maybe full moon, whereas yeah, so Hecate is that seems the dark. like probably why they associate the crescent moon with her mm-hmm. in these in these cards, yeah, yeah. Which is also why I think she's associated as like or thought of as an evil counterpart of Artemis. But I don't like the word evil. I don't think that she's evil at all. I think that mm-hmm. she's just a different side to the moon or to this aspect. Yeah, just unknown. Well, like we yeah. often think that the unknown is evil, right? Or exactly yeah <laughs> we're often yes. afraid of the unknown yeah. yeah yeah so she's also and finally um goddess of poisoners apparently I, this is something new that i <laughs> that i learned so when they apparently would search for herbs um they would do so in the dark of the moon and they'd cut okay. them with a bronze sickle so i thought that was pretty interesting oh that is interesting so like i guess things that they don't want to see Mm-hmm. She she's like the goddess of what you don't want to see. Yeah. So things that happen by night, not even the moon. Light. Not like not even by moonlight. Yeah. yeah. It's that's how dark it is. So I guess that's where she might get her, her negative evil. or evil connotations. Yeah. Um, and we see that in some there. in some myths like um, Medea and the Arachnotica. We have her picking herbs to make a spell, and same with um, the myth of athena and arachne athena uses a potion we mentioned arachne (laughs) previously yeah she uses a potion on her to turn her into a spider and the potion is referred to as a potion of hecate wow which is kind of cool um but otherwise i mean she's not she doesn't have her own myth at least any that i that's really cool because that's kind of like the high priestess too like things happen through her Yes. Not necessarily by her. Exactly. She's more of like almost mm-hmm. like a conduit of it. And yeah. the, again, the representation of that force. So that's why, yeah, or why I think she doesn't have really maybe any particular myths. Um, she is in other ones. So like the Titanomachy. Um, she's also in the Hymn to Demeter. Um, so the Homeric Hymn to Demeter. She yeah. helps Demeter find Persephone when she is brought into the underworld. She's only one of two people that actually help her find Persephone. And then mm-hmm. once she's in the underworld, she becomes a companion of Persephone. So That's cool. That's that's why so I thought it was I, neat. Like, the... there's all, all these pomegranates around her. Exactly. That's why yeah. I thought that it was really neat that the pomegranates were there. Because I'm like, oh, Persephone. <laughs> like, Persephone's there. Yeah, she's there. They're friends. Um... But otherwise, in terms of, like, depictions in art, she is often shown having either three bodies or three heads, which ah. is why in literature she's also called the triple god. Oh, that's cool. Or triple Hecate, yeah. um, because of the three kind of phases, three sides of her. Yeah. Um, and she's often seen holding either one torch or two torches. So when I saw um, your high priestess in the Celtic deck, that's yeah. what I thought of as well as that. 
I mean, she's holding a staff, but it almost looks like a torch. Like, it's it's very bright and yeah, light. Yeah, it is and... very bright. So, I thought that that was... Well, she's also holding, like, a ball of light in her right hand. That's very true. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. It it definitely... I, I see what you're what you're getting at. The three heads, though, that, that makes me kind of think of, like, the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and, like... Like the ego, the id, and the, the subconscious, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the high priestess kind of talks about that a lot too because she, she, like at least in the dragon tarot, it talks a little bit more about like how, about bringing your subconscious ideas to the surface um, and kind of subduing the conscious mind a little bit uh, in order mm-hmm. to to let other ideas kind of come forward. Um, and other wisdoms, if you will, come forward. Right. So, yeah, and then that would yeah. definitely make sense. It's like, what are you bringing up to kind of the surface or... Yeah. And, like, the three know. heads also is kind of cool thinking that there's so many different ways that the high priestess can be interpreted as well. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think that she definitely... I can see the connection between her yeah. and the high priestess there. Anyways, uh, so how are we doing on time so far? Oh, well, we're 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 we're, we're about there. We're about we're about we're there. there. Um, anything anything you feel like ranting about this week? I don't Biddy? know. You know, I was thinking about that. I don't really have much to rant. If I would, it would be about I don't know the depict not depiction, but how people see witches. Okay. In witchcraft and that sort of thing, because I feel like again they associate Hecate with it, but. It's not a bad thing. It's not it's a not, bad... It's not... I don't know. Well, it's just, it just has all yeah. these negative connotations to it, and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a different... Like, I don't know. I guess I get frustrated when I see goddesses... Like, everyone loves Athena, or they love yeah. Aphrodite, and they have... Because they're beautiful, or they have all these positive attributes. But then when you get to something like Hecate or even yeah. like Hades if we're mm-hmm. if we're going to go the opposite yeah, really. there. Hades Everyone... is often referred to as like evil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he's this horrible guy because he's king of the underworld and all this jazz, but he's not. He's actually like I almost like him better than his brother Zeus and Poseidon. Like he's very patient. He's I mean, yes, they refer to it as the rape of Persephone, but he didn't rape her. He actually went through all the proper channels to marry her, and it's just a yeah. bad translation. Because <laughs> rat. Okay, this is okay. This is my rant. Okay, <laughs> your rant. okay. okay. Uh, listener discretion is advised. Yes, no. This is the thunder, bitty lightning. There round. we go. So rapio. Okay, so our word for rape comes from the Latin word rapio, which just literally means to seize or to take, and that's what that myth was it was the seizure of persephone and how persephone was taken yeah and the reason they did that which um we're going to talk about more uh, when we talk about demeter is that like they kind of had to take her in secret from her because they knew that she was going to be pissed off oh jeez. <laughs> and well, so like, yes. marriage was not always like <laughs> well like i said he went through consensual. the proper channels no it wasn't well yeah it was consensual in that he asked her father zeus so oh. that was fine but he he took her yeah. but he didn't rape her and so i feel like a lot of people think oh he's hades he's in the underworld he has blue hair and he hates hercules does, does hades have blue right? hair <laughs> no i don't know maybe he does but he's not a bad guy and i feel in the same way as hecate she has these kind of negative associations and it's just 
everyone has like a light side and a dark side everyone has the male and the female everyone has Mm -hmm. the yin and yang and it's recognizing that and being okay with that yeah well like there's always the way things have been interpreted and i think it's it's easy to simplify interpretations like it would be easy to simplify it would be easier to interpret the high priestess as like oh yes the evil within and coming forth and blah 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 Mm -hmm. but like that would just you'd be losing what it's trying to teach you exactly and even to the opposite of that we could i could have said that she is persephone and talked about that aspect of her i think she's just a much more the high priestess is more dynamic and more deep than just one thing yeah well i think overall she definitely like she represents the unknown and that scares us yeah right uh what we don't know scares us but the high priestess is she's not afraid yeah you know she there are things she doesn't know and she accepts them calmly and patiently and is ready for them she's she's sitting vigilantly at the entrance of the magician's temple (laughs) uh waiting for whatever may come and uh she is just a presence of fertility and creative forces that will make whatever happens happen yeah um, but she doesn't necessarily have to be the one to make it happen either. No, we can, mm-hmm. like, she helps you make it happen. Exactly. Maybe. Uh, so all right. I guess that's all we've got time for. Yeah, that, that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in touch, yes, dear listeners, dear listeners if you have dearest. any <laughs> questions for us or comments, if you like how the podcast is formatted or not, please let us know. <laughs> we like input. Um, you can email us at mythtarolove at gmail.com or you can message me or follow me social media. I'm at Biddy Diana. Um, I also try to post while we're podcasting different pictures and things because I like that. I'm a visual person. I like the pictures. <laughs> well, the pictures are so important in tarot, I think. The yeah. imagery is really what inspires us. Um, there's a lot of people who don't even like Actually, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of people who use tarot and don't even look up what the meaning of the tarot cards are. Um, okay. So they'll actually look at the tarot cards and be inspired by the imagery alone. Hmm. And that's definitely a way that you can use tarot. Uh, you don't actually need to know what the tarot cards mean. <laughs> there you go. You'll still um, get something from it. Yeah. Uh, although I think personally, it helps to know what the tarot cards mean because it allows us to see things that we might not necessarily know in our own bubble right right um being inspired by other people's ideas i think is can never hurt as well yes <laughs> um, yeah so what are we looking at next week, uh, so next week we'll be looking at card number three the high empress uh, and I'm Which. guessing we'll probably be relating her a little bit to Demeter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our parting words for you today come from the High Priestess. Uh, so she says, you simply have to wait and be receptive to your inner messages. Your, the lesson is that everything you need to know already exists within you. It is not, already ne- it is not always necessary to act. Sometimes goals can be realized through inaction.
about stories, cards, and symbols, and all of the above. Myth tarot.